bet they're really getting confidence now. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cuddy and the Cooge. We are still in the same studio. If you were listening last week, we are round two at our beautiful, uh, which we wish was our new home, Old Tavern Farm (laughs) studio. But this time we are here with Michelle Borsneck. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Okay. And uh, she is the owner of Brown Road Racing. So she is... Um, from if you listen to our last episode, if not, please go back and listen to that one. But we had uh, Walt and Nicole. Walt is her husband, and Nicole is her daughter, and that was a great episode. But we're happy to have Michelle here to talk about Brown Road Racing. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you very much. It's an honor for you all to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's an honor for and us. And the to sun be here. came out that you're here. So <laughs> right before you came on the pod, the sun came out. I don't think there's a coincidence there. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, give us, you know, we've heard behind the scenes the story of Brown Road and how it became, but and we also heard your husband's whole story and all the things he put you through back in the day. So give us a little bit from your perspective of how Brown Road came to be. Okay, uh, going back a little bit. Yep. Uh, my mission has always been to assist others by fostering independence and enhance the quality of life, and that's through education, mentorship women's leadership in the arts. So I'm really involved recently with the Women's Leadership Institute at the College of St. Rose, and I've learned so much from them. And when I go out into an environment, I look around and I say, how can this better suit um, women in an industry? So my husband and another partner um, and myself, we, we went in on a couple horses, and I felt like I was left out of the decision-making. And then I looked around the backstretch, and I don't see any women. I don't see any families. And I know if you can envision it, you can do it. So I slowly started uh, a company, uh, an LLC was formed. Um, with the help of professionals in the industry, I was able to um, go to the Fasic Tipton sale, uh, purchase my first horse, make my own uh, silks, um, and formalize an entity. And things just snowballed. Um, because you said, if you can envision it, you can do it. Um, I found other women who felt the same way that I did that we want to get into the industry, but we're not sure how. So I, with Brown Road Racing, wanted to be that vehicle. And I started educating myself with the help of Old Tavern Farm, Trenna, Greg, everyone here, Shannon, um, and my husband. You know, it's just, it just keeps on snowballing. And there's a niche here because there are a lot of ladies that want to know more about horse racing, that they do have an interest. Yeah. Well, I... I you know, in, in speaking to your husband and, and Old Tavern and all that, I mean, it, it's relatively new that all this has cropped up. Your husband explained your history as a family and how you got to where you are today. So was horses always in your mind or it was just just something that evolved? 
I think it evolved. Um, but growing up, I've always loved horses. My family, we always grew up with an animal in our home, a dog. Um, I always went to the Saratoga racetrack with my family. I just, I just fell in love with the thoroughbred or a horse in general. Yeah. Like uh, they have a certain um, feeling when you're near them um, that you look into their eyes and, and you just can't, you can't really put it into words. And so I wanted to have that relationship um, where I can start with the thoroughbred at the young age and see it through to retirement and beyond to give yeah. that an opportunity for women to do the same. Yeah. Because previously other women have done this and they're my role models. So I knew that I could start this and be the vehicle for women in our area and beyond that are interested in it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 That's so awesome. You, yeah. So you are um, primarily, you you do racing, right? I do. I The thoroughbred for racing, yes. Um, just recently, I've got into uh, show horse okay. um, through a, a very good friend of our family. And I want to learn all about that industry as well, because I think um, it's an unchartered territory for some of us because I know nothing about show horses, but I love the animal. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm looking into, you know, uh, watching the development of um, this horse by the name of Checkers. Uh, can I say a name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Shangri-La show horses. And uh, she's educating me how to train horses to be a show horse. And, and for our listeners, and even me, <laughs> what is a show? Like what what is a show horse? Like, what's the difference between that and a, and a race horse? Well, I think a thoroughbred is a race horse, as again, I'm still learning. Yeah. And a warm blood is a show horse, or it could be a thoroughbred as well. So, again, I'm in my beginning stages. Okay. I, I don't know a lot about it, and um, I'm eager to learn more. So, yeah. a show horse is things like dressage, dressage and jumping yes. and, and those kinds of things. So, still, athletes in their own yes, right. Yes. Um, but doesn't necessarily so to be a flat track racehorse, they have to be a thoroughbred. Yes. But in show horse, they can be different breeds is what I'm hearing you right. say. I think so. Yeah. As again, again I'm learning. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. We are too. But you so. know, going back to what you said, I mean, I um I hadn't been around horses really. I mean, you know, growing up as a kid, I grew up in West Virginia and you know, there was horses in the field and things like that, but I, I never got into all of that. And then, you know, spend all those years in Vegas and then moved to upstate New York and started going to Saratoga. And, you know, there's really nothing more spectacular than standing there watching those thoroughbreds come out in that paddock before a race, just their athleticism, their muscular, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome to, to, to see that. And then to, you know, watch them go out and run and perform like they do. And I, as crazy as it sounds, I always think about what is that horse thinking about? You know, like what what is in there? What's going on in their mind as they're walking down the head of that paddock and all these people are looking at him, taking pictures? And it's a very fascinating uh, sport, it, it, you know, without question. It is. Um, just being around Old Tavern Farm and seeing how um, Trenna, Greg, and, and Shannon, how they interact with the horses, their mental and the physical part of the horse. Um, I also uh, 
would like to learn and still learning more behind the scenes of how you get to the racetrack. There are so many variables before the horse gets to that racetrack. And that's my mission is to keep learning more and bringing my partners in with me so that they can also learn that when it gets to that starting gate, you know exactly pretty much what, how they, got how they developed to get there. Yeah. So through, you know, through your, your partners, what, what criteria do you have to fit to join in to Brown Road Racing? So I think you, like you said, it's all female. Is it true that you typically buy fillies? Like what's the criteria for, for Brown Road Racing? For the love of a horse. It's, you look into their eyes and you see them, uh, they have this persona and we are a young company we accept ladies who are interested. They just have to to love the industry and want to know more. Um, we have all different levels. We have some that are just entering the the, the uh, racing um, field, as well as uh, some other uh, ladies who are experts in the field, and I'm learning from them. So it's more educational for all of us that we work together, like the ladies who know more than I do, will tell me and I'll try to bring along at the level of the lower level, um, the industry, more knowledge to them. That's great. They say, you know, like the smartest people surround themselves with smarter people than them or something like that. I don't know if that's the exact uh, phrase, but it sounds kind of like what you're doing, trying to bring in people who maybe know some more than you and also continuing that path on below. And I heard you say something at the beginning of the podcast that I want to uh, recognize you for because your daughter said it in the previous podcast. She was saying that, you know, when she wanted to quit her job and come do wine, her dad was like, oh, you're crazy. And she said, and my mom said, if you can envision it, you can do it. And and I <laughs> I heard you say that and, and Nicole, uh, Nicole shouted that out to it's you. True. So it's true. Yeah. I feel if you have a passion for something, the rest falls into place. And if you have a passion for a thoroughbred to have it live a quality life and watch it train and develop all the way through its whole journey, it's it's just very peaceful uh, to know that you've helped uh, the thoroughbred through its life. So in your company, you you know, you you race the horses, so Who's involved with actually buying that? Is that all you or is that your partners or how? Well, there's experts in the field. Okay. That's again, you know, people that know more about that part. Okay. Um, we also um, have a great friend, uh, Woodbury Payne, uh, for Ingleside Training Center. He has a remarkable eye uh, for the horses. When a sale comes around, we will talk, and he would suggest uh, perhaps some horses that we might have an interest fit that would fit our model, our business model, and our partners. Um, also, trainers yeah, um, right. help me very much. Uh, Ray Handel has, has done a tremendous job um, with the horse. He's very transparent. Um, his horses are athletes, and we barely respect what he does in the industry. So if we are at a point where we need an additional horse to our roster, um, I will contact either Ray or Woodbury, and uh, that's what we have so far. And um, he, we have quality horses that are being taken care of very well. 
That's cool. You know, so, we keep an eye on them. Yeah. So as as an owner, so you, you have, let's say you have seven or eight horses or whatever you have. Do you, do you make a lot of the rate? Like, you know, when your horse is going to run, how do you track them? Is that part of what you do or? How do I track when they run? Yeah. Well, it's up to the trainer okay. uh, because he's the expert in the field and knows the horse and what the horse would be qualified for the race to be in. It won't be over, won't be under, you know, it's just a right fit. Okay. Yeah. And then he would communicate that with us. Yeah. Um, the trainers and, um, then we can let him know how we feel about it. And it's very transparent. Oh, okay. So logistically, when a horse is running, so they're currently a racehorse, um, they're with the trainer, walk us through that process. So they live at that trainer's facility and like, how does that all work until they get to like that first race, say? Okay, let's start with... um, Let's go with a, a new horse that's just starting. I'll give you an example. We have yeah. a Lady Estola Oscar Performance uh, 2021. We bought her at a sale, and we're partnerships with other partners. And I have partners through Brown Road Racing, and he has other partners to make that 100%. Okay, okay. Sure, So yeah. I just own a percentage of this, this Oscar Performance horse. Right. Ray has suggested that she go to a training uh, facility in Ocala. Um, she's been training there, and in May, she's anticipated to go to Belmont. Under Ray's leadership and his outstanding team, uh, Lady Estola will be uh, stable there. We have outside partners that are the main partners because we only own a small share, and they communicate with us that where the, the horse will be named and do we like the name? Do we have any suggestions? So that's a great partner to ask other partners yeah, right, right. their input. The horse will go to Belmont perhaps in May after it's training a while because it's still young, and um, it'll be under Ray's leadership. And then it'll be up to Ray to determine and the majority partners um, what race and the starting gate, the whole um, overall scenario of, of how to develop the horse into its next phase. So mm. I respect uh, yeah. for Ray and, yeah. and trainers. It's something that always strikes me. How do people come up with names for horses? I mean, there's some crazy <laughs> names. Is it just, you know, within a family or just a new one? Like, it varies. It just just yeah. throw them out you, there. You can submit three to the jockey club, one, two, and three. And, um, and then if it hasn't been taken in a while... I, I think then you can have that name. Oh, but, wow. but how they come up with names, it it varies. <laughs> We've na- I've named one horse after Woodbury Payne of um, Ingleside Training Center. Okay. Yep. So it's no pain, P-A-Y-N-E. <laughs> oh. That's the gentleman's last name. <laughs> that's cute. Oh, that's cool. And the same with the silks, right? You create your own... I did. Yes. Right. Starting the business. That was one of my first things. Yep. And then that's unique to your stable. So, stable, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool oh. too. And yes, on that same topic, you have a female jockey outside of the racing museum. Right? Yes, we do. Oh yes. my God. What an honor. Tell us about that. That is, ama- <laughs> that is amazing. So for our listeners, some are local, some are not. So in Saratoga, we have the National Racing Museum and Hall of Fame. And out front there, there's a line of 
jockeys. I don't know how many there are currently. And uh, the first female jockey is a Brown Road Racing jockey in your silk, right? Yes. Yeah. So the tell first us. first female tell, one. The first female, female one. Female yes. one that looks like a female. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about that. Well, I admire other women in the industry and like Trana, Shannon, and exercise riders, uh, trainers. Well, first of all, let, let's take a step back. I'm involved with the Women's Leadership Institute at the College of St. Rose. Yep. And I admire um, women in the Capital District. Uh, I encourage women to succeed in life. And when I see and look around and it's all male jockeys, um, I've asked Robin, uh, Robin from the Saratoga Jockey Lady, if she could help me uh, create a woman jockey. And you'll see one inside our barn here. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I've had the opportunity through the racing museum to support the museum by putting a jockey there. And I asked if it would be okay if I put a female jockey there and they agreed to it. So I'm, I'm well, we're, we're quite honored, but it's yeah. about the mission um, of helping the museum and representing women in the industry. Yeah, that was a, that was a big accomplishment and and really well recognized. And I I see it every time I drive by, and I think of you guys. So that's it's a great staple to have in our town, and honestly, monumental. You know, the fact that it took this long to have a women jockey in the lineup is is pretty crazy. And but the fact that you you know you thought you had that foresight to to think of that and, and bring that up is, is really a great achievement. So congratulations on uh -huh. that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and again, I think, you know, I, I don't know the number, but I'm sure through people like yourself who get involved with those type of missions, um, I'm sure there's a lot of young women now getting into that industry, whether it's as a trainer, as a jockey. Um, so it, it you know, kind of changed the whole scope of, of an industry by, you know, things that you're doing, which is really great. Well, it's yeah. an honor. It's an honor to have uh, the woman Jackie out in front. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It represents a lot. And there's a lot behind the scenes as well. That, you know, it's yeah. just yeah. very grateful. So you had told me in, in prior conversation that um, with your, your would you call it a syndicate, Brown Racing? Or? Brown Road Racing? Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. We're an LLC. Yeah. yeah. So you're, we, so we you're purchase group. into horses. We yeah. purchase, yes. But the women involved in your group, you have mentioned to me um, in conversation that you, you take them on different outings, like you said, the backstretch or kind of like as an educational experience. Mm -hmm. um, what are, what are some of those things that you have done to help educate these women um, in the sense, I'm sure they come visit here and um, I know you mentioned a couple of other organizations. Can you tell us a few that come to mind or even just one? Well, we have come here and we've seen the horses here. Um, we went to over to um, Stowe Burks, saw a couple horses there because Stowe is an expert in the field of, um, of rehabilitation mm. and uh, what goes on in the horse's life. Um, perhaps when they come off the track for a short period of time or or what their next chapter might be, Stowe will be able to analyze and, mm. and, and help the owner. So they rehab and like monitor? Okay. And, and I think and let to, an advocate for the horse so that the horse 
um, will have a successful life. And you'll be able to determine that when you see the horse there under his leadership, him and his team. Right. We were just there today. This episode is brought to you by Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga. Therapeutic Horses supports retired racehorses and leading a peaceful, safe, and meaningful life by rescuing, retraining, and utilizing horses and therapeutic programs. THS partners with licensed mental health therapists to provide equine-assisted learning services. The mission of Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga is to rescue and retrain retired racehorses to become valuable partners with people engaged in therapeutic programs. If you are interested in learning more about the mission of this organization, head to their website, thsaratoga.org, or you can email them any of your inquiries, info at thsaratoga.org. Yeah, we heard about Ricky. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> so I got I to gotta tell this story. So when we came um, to interview Greg and Trina, that was when Ricky came and Walt didn't know that Ricky was here. <laughs> so they were telling us the story. And uh, well, he found out today. Is that right? At Stowe? Yes. 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 Yeah. So actually something that Nicole told me, um, your daughter in our in our conversation, she said, I said, you know, how did your mom find her success? Because you have had some great success in racing. And and she said, you know, she's always just done what's best for the horse. That's true. And uh, I think this, this story with Ricky is a great example of that. Um, for those listening, Ricky is a thoroughbred who had a bit of a struggle, but raced and was claimed. Would you mind telling that story? Well, it goes back to Trena and Greg. Yeah. Um, they're an advocate. They were an advocate for Ricky. Um, and then I got educated as to um, his story um, and how I could help him succeed in life. Um, he was here on the farm. And, and I'm not sure because I, I'm not really hands-on on the farm. Yeah. But I knew that he was in a, a low-claiming race. Mm -hmm. And it was time perhaps to bring Ricky home and analyze him and see what his best retirement or if he should continue on. And Atrina and Greg, they have an eye for that. And so um, we claimed him with the help of um, some people in the industry uh, at, a, at another track. And um, now Ricky is surviving and thriving. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know Seahorse? He has the seahorse on his Oh, no. you don't know Seahorse? No. Oh, no. my God. He's a beautiful horse, yeah. too. Is he a brown road racing horse? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. What's his story? Okay. Let me go back to Seahorse. All right. What do we do with Seahorse? The National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame had a full patrol. Seahorse was born here at the farm. He has an emblem on his forehead that is of a horse, a seahorse. We raced him a few times under old, uh, old Tavern Farm, but he got claimed. I claimed him back, <laughs> and then he got claimed again. And so I claimed him back. <laughs> uh, Brown Road Racing did. Yeah. And now he's under our leadership. He's in Pennsylvania, and he's thriving, and he's doing very well. So awesome. can you We didn't want to lose him. Um, horses sometimes, uh, they keep getting lost, um, 
Well, you probably shouldn't yeah. say that, but they do because you have different owners and it's hard to keep track sometimes. Um, but I wanted to bring him back home. Yeah. Nice. And he was in a, a race that I could, um, that I could manage, uh, financially as well as his health care. Um, so he's back home under Brown Road Racing. Nice. Can you, um, tell our listeners what it means to claim, um, for some who might not know, what that means. Uh, to claim a horse. Um, so it means like there, correct me if I'm wrong or if I, I'm mistaken, but it means basically for there's claims races. So during those races, any horse, you're kind of risking that your horse could get claimed by somebody else. So by putting seahorse into a race, a claims race, you understand that at the end of that race, somebody could be like, I want that horse for the price that's listed here. Is that, is that correct? correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yes. So I've had it a couple times. But how does that, like, how does that feel? I mean. Nerve wracking. Yeah. For me. I yeah. know because I'm just a small uh, company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we get attached uh, right. to our horses, but I guess that's the industry. Yeah. And in order to qualify for some races, it, that's where the horse needs to be. And it gives other people the opportunity to get into the industry. It's just from my point of view as an owner, it's scary for me right. because I get attached to the horses. Sure. Yeah. I would think. And, you know, you're basically just putting them out there and you don't know what's going to happen to them after the race, you know, or are they going to coming back or are they, you know, moving on? I mean, that, that would be... that's something new. And we're still learning about that. Um, yeah. I guess as time goes on, I'll, I'll know more about the industry because we're still fresh new owners. Um, but you know, you just get attached to the horses, but that's, that is the industry and it gives other people the opportunity to get into the industry. Yeah. It's just as an owner, a very small owner that, takes pride in your horse and, and it's hard to let them go. Yeah. Is, what is the process after claiming a horse? So it, it's kind of bizarre to me that like, okay, Brown Road Racing puts a horse in a race and then the race, the horse comes out to just for the sake of this example, Old Tavern Farm. So say Brown Road Racing, which I know this would never happen, but just for example's sake, say Brown Road Racing puts a horse in and at the end of the race, Old Tavern Farm claims that horse. What happens then? Do they literally just come pick up the horse from the track or what's the what's the transaction? Like when you've claimed when you've claimed a horse. Yes, it it, what, sta- it goes back to a trainer and then they make a, a recommendations on how where the horse is going next. And we, I always brought mine back home. Okay. So I, I haven't re-raced a horse that I've claimed. I've only claimed to bring the horse back home. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but when you have claimed, like when you claimed back Seahorse, right? So once you claimed him back, like that day after the race, how does he get back home? So what's the channel that he goes through? Like, does he go back to your trainer? Does he... Like, how did he get here after you claimed him? How did he get back? Well, he's he's still racing. Yeah. Um, I yeah. get help, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah. You know, okay. I, I know the overall big picture, yeah, but Trenner was a big part of it. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Well, I, I know, like, you know, looking at the industry, one of the things that I was impressed with, too, is <clears throat> you're talking about, you know, making sure horses have a long life and they live comfortably and, 
you know, in, in the world that I live in, the one of the upcoming sports has been equestrian. And I was asked to do a consulting job uh, to put together some, you know, different sports that, you know, you can add to your athletic programs. And so I started investigating equestrian and, and you know, across the country, it, it's a growing, emerging sport, as they call it. And um, they were talking about when I, I first, you know, saw that and I, I know how expensive it is to be in the horse business and all those types of things. But one of the things I was impressed about is a lot of thoroughbred owners, when their horses no longer can run, they will reach out to colleges and universities and give, you know, donate or lease the horse mm -hmm. so that the horse can go on and have a you know, productive life and still do things, maybe not at a high level of a thoroughbred, but, you know, still do that, which is pretty cool because I think in the equestrian world, they can go on for several years and, and, and be pretty successful. So That's true. The age is, yeah. is much longer than the thoroughbred. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and so for me as a, you know, at the time was a university administrator, you know, you, you, you know, if, if you try to just go buy a horse and start an equestrian team, it's very, very expensive. But a lot of times the owners will just keep the horse and lend it to the university for the right. races and training and bring it back saves university a lot of money and, and gives a good quality of life to that horse. That's pretty good. That is. It yeah, is it's very good neat. quality life. Yeah. I know we're experiencing it now with a horse by the name of Checkers. Um, we're in partnership with um, Shangri-La, okay. um, just right around the corner here. Uh -huh. And I'm learning about that industry as well. Um, she has a Shangri-La has a setup at her home and she sends me videos all the time and I ask questions and she, re you know, reports back to me, this is actually what's happened. And it's just amazing. Uh, yeah. the, the training that goes into, um, the equestrian part of, yeah, of it. it's pretty cool. And, and again, it's a real, in, in college athletics, it's a big emerging sport for mm -hmm. women. I yes. mean, that's, you know, that's the, the whole kick to it is, you know, they call it the emerging sports to, from a gender equity standpoint. So it's, it's a big, big deal. We, you know, at the university at Albany, it's kind of a good fit in some respects because of the proximity to Saratoga and, mm -hmm. you know, schools in the Northeast where, you know, in Vegas, probably not a great fit or out in that part of the country because there's really not a lot of horses. But, um, you know, in this part of the country, it's certainly – you know, if you were a college administrator looking to add a sport to help, you know, females grow in the sport, mm -hmm. that's certainly one of them that could be very productive. A great relationship between the horse and the whole community. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really neat relationship. Sure is. So I heard through the grapevine that Brown Road Racing <laughs> just had your first full. We did. Okay, so <laughs> tell us about we're so that excited. experience. Did you go see her? Yeah. I'm afterwards. I would love to um, tell us about that. I mean, uh, I'm, I know you've been present for many a birth through Old Tavern, but I'm sure having your first Brown Road baby is something new. So tell us oh, about that experience. Uh, Got to be bold. The first horse that we purchased, she was on the racetrack for a little bit, and she developed a throat issue, so we had to retire her. Um, she's a 2017 was the year that she was born. So I knew we needed to find her a second chance of life. But because of her throat issue, I thought it 
maybe it was time in her age to go into motherhood and um, right down the street is um, McMahon's and they were kind enough um, to educate me as to how horses become pregnant (laughs) and and the whole um, birthing industry. And so we've waited and waited and I've counted out the days with Trenna and Greg and you could see her belly develop and I'd come up and take pictures and Trina, in there just a couple days ago, um, she started dripping milk. So we knew that the time was coming. And I got the call one evening, and we said, they said, we think B's going to go. <laughs> we call her B, got to be bold. She's named after perhaps the bold scholars at the College of St. Rose. Okay. She's okay, named yeah. after a Women's Leadership Institute. Awesome. But she went into labor, watched it all, watched the baby come out, and they're both thriving now oh in the my field. Gosh. That's, That's awesome. adorable. It's a little active. It's very, What's very active. A, a Philly or Colt? A uh, Colt. So yes. great. He's so cute. That's awesome. <laughs> so will you raise him to race? I will. I'm going to keep him in-house. Okay. Uh, probably have some partners with him, but I want to see him grow and develop and uh, That's be cool. a future racehorse. Yeah. yeah. So give us a little bit of like from your perspective what it's like to see a horse born like a foal like what is it God bless Trenna and Greg yeah, <laughs> yeah. right it's amazing yeah. amazing um how they they pace the floor the moms mm-hmm. you kind of know when they're starting to drip milk uh, Trenna and Greg have educated me on that and then she'll start laying down and contractions start and we go, okay, it's go time. So we let Trent and Greg do their what the they thing. do best and deliver the babies. And there's a sack that the babies are in, and they hurry up and open it. And you see this cutest little head pop out with its little paws in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then before you know it, it's walking. Yeah. You know, yeah. and trying to feed already. Yeah. So it's just wonderful, Mother Nature. Yeah, I and, know. It's- and Bee is a good mother. She really is. Yeah, I was saying uh, before that you know I've I've seen through through your your videos and just from getting to know um, the family here at Old Tavern that that you guys are so amazing and you all it seems like you all show up to the births and you're all there cheering we cheering each her other. on and yeah yes. and that's that's really what it's all about right oh my god Mother Nature is beautiful yeah and more family it's yeah. everyone helps each other sure. and, you know when the horse is giving birth. Does she make noise? Like, you know how, like, f- for me, for, per, per se, I was definitely making a lot of <laughs> noise. Yeah, I think she did. Do they, like, yeah. kind of, like, groan, or is there any noise happening? I think or? she gave a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. does. But not, no, yeah. like, a human who's screaming the F word <laughs> no. through all the hallways here. No, and Trina and Greg were good with her, yeah. you know, and, and made like her comfortable. Like, her. And- yeah. Yeah, 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 that's really amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And then you see them walking around like seconds later. Right. Like, oh my geez. And then what? The next day they get turned out with their mom and and frolic around in the in the paddock. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. What a journey. And yeah. It, yeah, that's yeah. when you think about that, it's uh you wonder why humans weren't built like that, right? <laughs> One day you're yeah. up walking, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <I know>. yeah. <laughs> so if you had to inspire a woman listening to to get into the horse industry or even maybe get into anything that they are, you know, dreaming of, 
Um, could you give some advice to our women listeners to about how to, you know, pursue their passion and follow their dreams? Maybe when they're feeling left out of decision making, you know, kind of give us some insight on that. I would say use your instincts and your gut. Um, follow your dreams. Look at the horse. Uh, it's a beautiful animal. And you're able to follow that journey. We at Brown Road Racing um, support each other, other women in the industry, and as well as men. We're all part, all together uh, for the horse. But you just can take that first step in, in maybe giving us a call and say, I'd like to learn more. Um, I've had that out of the blue, out of I want to be more hands-on and learn more. No, that's good because I'm thinking – if, you know, if there's young women out there or women out there that really wanted to do something like that, they could contact you, right? Uh, and, through our website. Yeah. Through, and, and just... And we're re- affordable. Yeah. Just reach out. and Because yeah. you got, I think obviously like anything, uh, and again, I'm very novice at this business, but, you know, just being in it for five years, living here in Saratoga... I've learned a lot and I still have, you know, still have a lot to learn. And if I were interested really to, you know, to get into the business, you know, it's really important for people this like you. This is the you. first step. Yeah. To, and my, I'm about education. Right. Exactly. And then the winning comes right after that. I mean, we've been knock on wood, very lucky, but we're not, we're not, we focus on winning, but it's not our priority. Our priority is the experience Yeah. from the full all the way through to retirement and, and, and beyond. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so important to see the whole big picture, the people behind the scenes at the racetrack, um, giving birth. Uh, it just yeah. the retirement community of, of such as your, your firm that you're with. Yeah. I mean, it's just a whole spectrum, but there's a lot of people to it. Well, and, and you know, in the business I was in, in college athletics, it's the same. You know, you turn on the TV, you watch a football game or a basketball game, and it's, you know, two or three hours and you see these kids play or the professionals play, the game's over and you're happy. But there's a, so much leading up to that game to get to that point and the people involved. And, you know, horse racing is the same thing. If you're not really have the whole picture and you're trying to get into the business just to win a horse race, you're probably not going to be very successful. You got to build a foundation and start right. in the grassroots and, right. you know, get your boots muddy and all those types of things. And, and you know, build like any, any other profession, you know, yeah. you, you just don't start out successful. You know, right. you got to work to get there and be passionate about and put a lot of emphasis in what you do. So we're about education. Yeah. You know, education of what goes on behind the scenes to get yeah. to the horse, to the track and retirement and beyond. Yeah. yeah. Because just in the, the podcast that we've done with people like yourself in the horse industry, been a big education for me, kind of learning the business or under, better understanding the business, how it all works, because it's very easy to just show up at a track and right. bet on a horse, but you don't really know all the hours and the money and the, you know, the educa- everything that goes into that to get to that point is really amazing. It's an amazing it profession. Oh, there's so many different um, yeah. things that come together to get to that horse on the track. Yeah, exa- exactly. And I have to say, Michelle, from just from, you know, speaking with you, 
you're you're so approachable in that in that you're you're learning with everybody oh, else. Oh, I am. There's you a, know some of my partners, they know more than me. And I always ask them, you know, like, what do you think about this? Yeah. Or for the new partner that's just coming in, I'll show them and then they can take the highlights of it and learn more um, through visits and things yeah. like that. I think that's really, I mean, I, that's really appreciated from, from the people wanting, it, you know, being approachable in that way is valuable because I think like, like we've basically talked about in this um, podcast so far, there's, there's so many intricacies that, you know, it's intimidating. It can be very intimidating. And I do see a huge need for, for the women who want to get involved, even men, even, you know, younger people right, we do who, have men. who would like to get involved, um, but may be scared because it's so, it's nerve wracking. It can be expensive, but you say, you know, you're affordable. And, and so I, I applaud you for having an approachable way about running what you're doing to encourage young people to get started. So you spoke about your website. What is your website? If, if somebody were interested, where would they go? Uh, brownroadracing.com. Brownroadracing.com. <laughs> there you go. Pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for women, I, we have a, a support, a Women's Leadership Institute at the College of St. Rose. And this kind of um, is parallel. I saw that there were the majority of men in the industry. And um, I said, geez, there's a need uh, for women to come to the backstretch with their families and, and so on. And that's how it all got started, because I felt I was left out of my partnership uh, previously that yeah. I was in. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, let me see what I can do. And um, with the guidance of some experts in the field, I absorbed everything and then I was able to apply it to start a business. And we're all learning from each other as well in our partnership. Um, but I'd like to be the vehicle for them to learn. There's just so many other experts in the field. So I take a little bit from here, a little bit from here, and our partners are learning from them. Like we were over at Stowe Burks, or we might come here, um, or we'll go to the backstretch and we'll talk to a trainer. It's just... There's so much out there to learn, and I want to be the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. great. Well, it's great what you're doing, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to sit yeah. down with us. We and, will. And by uh, the way, I just so I can say this, you know, we've done over 60 podcasts, and you are definitely the most prepared guest <laughs> that we've had. Yes, that's for sure. So we, we appreciate you coming in with all your. Your statistics and your background and all that has been very, it's been a pleasure to meet you and we appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you. Um, I want to give women the opportunity to make an impact on society. Uh, in this industry, women do have an opportunity to succeed. That the women who have succeeded give other women confidence to do the same. And that's what I'd like to do here is to give women the confidence to know more about this industry. I think that's what you are doing. I know, so, exactly. congratulations and thank you for being you. <laughs> thank you. It's an honor to be interviewed here with yeah. you all. Yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate you taking the time. Thank you.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Wherever you're streaming this podcast, if you would be so kind as to give us a subscribe and maybe even a review. In addition, you can find us for any updates on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is at Cuddy and the Cooge. Cuddy with a C, Cooge with a K. Or you can email any questions or submit any feedback to Cuddy and the Cooge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. 